Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Moment Wrap-Up for Friday, September 16th, 2022. Uber is investigating a cybersecurity incident. You most likely have already heard about this, according to an article from Digital Trends. Computer systems belonging to ride-sharing giant Uber appear to have been targeted by hackers in what could be a serious security breach. The company reported on Thursday evening that it had contacted law enforcement after learning of what it described as, quote, a cybersecurity incident. Now, I've seen some other reports on this, and just briefly, as the way I understand how this unfolded has to deal with a couple of major items that failed and then some ancillary ones. I think the first one would be um, multi-factor authentication fatigue, where the attacker constantly kept on sending push notifications to the targeted employee until that employee just said, just clicked on it in order to get rid of the factors um, requests from coming in. And then the second one is that I read somewhere that the one of the things that was exploited was a script that apparently had hard-coded uh, credentials in there, usernames and or passwords. So this is a developing story. Now, Uber posted this on their account last night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. It, time. it is on their Uber comms account on Twitter, if you want to look that up. And they say that they'll post additional updates on the Twitter account as they become available. Nothing has been posted in the last 12 hours, almost exactly right now as far as recording to the minute. So keep an eye on this one. Security analysts from Vector have found a severe security vulnerability in the desktop app for Microsoft Teams. It gives threat actors access to authentication tokens and accounts with multi-factor authentication turned on. This coming from bleepingcomputer.com. This newly discovered security issue, according to the article, impacts versions of the application for Windows, Linux, and Mac. An attacker with local access on a system where Microsoft Teams is installed could steal the tokens and then use them to log into the victim's account. Now, here's something I did not know, or if I knew it, I've kind of forgotten, but Microsoft Teams is an Electron app, meaning that it runs in a browser window, according to the article, complete with all the elements required by a regular web page, such as cookies, session strings, and logs, etc. And Electron apparently does not support encryption or protected file locations by default. Now, as far as risk mitigation, Vectra's uh, recommendation is for users to switch to the browser version of Microsoft Teams. So like, for example, using Microsoft Edge to load the app, users will benefit from additional protections from there. Now, an update to this article on the 14th is that Microsoft said, quote, the technique described does not meet our bar for immediate servicing as it requires an attacker to first gain access to a target network. We appreciate Vector, Vectra's Protect Spark partnership in identifying and responsibly disclosing this issue, and we'll consider addressing it in a future product release. So Microsoft doesn't really think that it's all that big of a deal, so long as you have apparently compensating controls in place. A lot of organizations may not. From the Hacker News, Lorenz ransomware exploit might tell voice over IP systems to breach business networks. Researchers from cybersecurity firm Arctic Wolf said that the operators behind Lorenz ransomware operation have been observed exploiting a now patched critical security flaw in Mitel My Voice Connect. Lorenz exploited, exploited, excuse me, the remote code execution vulnerability impacting the Mitel service appliance component of My Voice Connect to obtain reverse shell and subsequently use Chisel as a tunneling tool to pivot into the environment. 
Now, Mitel VoiceOver IP products are a lucrative entry point in light of the fact that there are, according to the article, nearly 20,000 internet-exposed devices online, according to security researchers. Now, security researchers also note, as far as uh, advice going forward, monitoring just critical assets is not enough for organizations. Security teams should monitor all externally facing devices for potential malicious activity, including VoiceOver IP and Internet of Things devices. TechCrunch reports that Google and Meta are fined $71.8 million for violating privacy laws in South Korea. South Korea has hit Google and Meta with a fine of about that amount. After finding they violated the country's privacy laws, according to South Korean authorities this past Wednesday. Now, the company apparently um, did not clarify, at least Google did not clearly inform the users of the collection and use of other companies' behavioral information when they signed up for its service and set the default choice to agree. You know, we don't really read through a lot of the default choices. We just sort of assume that everything is set the way that it should be, and sometimes assuming is not the right thing to do. Um, This is the largest penalty in South Korea for violating personal information protection laws in the country's first sanction pertaining to the collection and use of behavioral information on online customized advertising platforms, according to the watchdog. Keep on this one. It's interesting that uh, Meta and uh, Google are not agreeing with it. They, uh, according to a Meta spokesperson, for example, while, quote, we respect the PIPC's decision We are confident that we will work with our clients in a legally compliant way that meets the processes required by local regulations. The PIPC is the Personal Information Protection Commission, which is apparently the governing body over that area for these sorts of concerns. We said this would be coming, and it is here from the register. White House to Tech World promise you will write secure code or feds won't use it. The White House, as of this week, Wednesday, has published security... uh, rules for software for federal agencies as part of a larger push to shore up America's IT supply changes. And these uh, requirements, of course, stem from President Joe Biden's cybersecurity executive order from May 2021. There's a little bit more detail within here, but the one big takeaway from this is that within the article is also a link to those requirements. So if you particularly play in the space and you sell software to the federal government, you may want to pay attention and look at that. I had the pleasure to speak with a large audience at the Middle Tennessee Cyber Conference this past Tuesday in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, basically talking about some of the lessons of my career over the last 30 years, 30 plus years actually, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a few moments. I think it's vitally important that we who have been in the industry for some time try to mentor and guide and just be a resource for those that are coming up in the industry. Try to do that a lot through this podcast. I have been doing some YouTube short videos on my cybersecurity journey. I think I've done five so far. I'm kind of stalled on six. I, I really need to find the time to do that, and hopefully I'll do it this weekend. I'll have the link to that in the show notes. But this is just another aspect of trying to help others along. And so, I mean, some of the lessons that I've learned really are things that are very pragmatic, Um, certainly listening more so than speaking sometimes, not trying to be perfect. I think one of the things that I said this past Tuesday was that we often don't have the luxury to learn completely 100% that 
whatever it is that we think that an issue is with regards to cybersecurity or anything, really. Um, but we don't have the luxury to get to that 100% point. Sometimes you, you have to infer of what's going on so that the business leaders can make the correct decision. Because while you're waiting to get to that 100% certainty before you put yourself out on the edge there and tell executive management, the business could suffer real, real damage. I'd like to see this trend continue. I know there's a lot of talk about how to get into cybersecurity and there's talk about gatekeeping, which I don't really care for that term, but I understand why that's come about. But I think as an industry, we, we do a pretty decent job. We can always do better. I think anybody can always do better in anything. And so long as we continue to put ourselves out there, the seasoned dinosaurs that we are, then the ones that are in the beginnings of their career, and I was going to say younger, but there are some folks that I met one at the conference, for example, that he was just actually pivoting from another career into cyber. And he certainly wasn't um, what you would consider like a, a young adult, so to speak. He was, he was probably a couple of decades beyond that. I was asked, though, by one of the young adults, I think she said that she was 19. She said, if you could go and give your 19-year-old self just one piece of advice uh, as far as how to really progress in your information security or cybersecurity career, what would it be? And I said, networking. And not data networking, but actually meeting and learning and, and talking with folks. You'll hear on the September uh, wrap-up episode where one of the things that Mark Burnett, uh, who's the guest from um, LBMC Information Security, mentions that that networking was so important at various parts in his career. And, and, and I can attest to that as well, too, but I was a latecomer to it because although I had done some networking within the higher education field, I really stayed very sheltered in higher ed until till the point when I became the CISO for uh, a city, um, Nashville. And that exposed me to the broader information security community. And I had some catch up to do. This was, and this wasn't that long ago in the whole scheme of things, as far as uh, security uh, careers go, I, I guess that I joined Metro, uh, it would be about what, 12 years ago. And that's when I really got exposed to the local ISSA, ISC squared chapters, InfraGuard, really started to make those connections that are so important now to me today in my career as well. So that's my advice to you. If I could go back to my 19-year-old self, I'd probably say that, that networking is important. And I might also say, cut down on the partying. <laughs> But don't cut it out completely. Anyway, those are my thoughts for the end of the week. I hope you all have a great weekend and we will reconvene on Monday with a quick strike. Stay secure.